From Boise to Middleton, the 5A and 4A Southern Idaho Conferences feature 20 of the largest schools in Idaho. Highlighting the big plays and big stories from Idaho's biggest schools, this is the SIC PrepCast with Wayne DeZubak. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the SIC PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey is always joined by Wayne DeZubak. Wayne, how are you? I'm doing great. You know, it's hard to believe we're already into May and getting ready for district baseball and softball tournaments coming up. And really, just about three weeks down the road, we got the state tournaments coming up. So, boy, this season is really chugging along, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, we've already got an idea who the stars are and who the best teams are. Now we're going to see if they can maintain it through district and state. That'll be the real test that they can, or if there's going to be a big surprise coming out of nowhere. You know, that's always exciting. Definitely. The postseason is upon us uh, at some of the smaller levels and in different parts of the state district tournaments have already started in baseball and softball. And as a reminder, we have every uh, district bracket for baseball and softball on our homepage, idahosports.com. Uh, a lot of it isn't filled in yet because there's still some yeah. regular season stuff to sort <laughs> out. But uh, once uh, it's official, you know, we'll, we'll put it in there. So check back yeah, early we, and often. Yep, exactly. Keep looking. You'll find it. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk about, let's start with baseball because man, uh, you know, this is a, a major league baseball term, but man, there's going to be some really fun pennant races down the stretch. I mean, you look at this 4A SIC Wayne, and it's kind of this triumvirate of Middleton, Bishop Kelly and Columbia. And we know all three of those teams are really good. BK and Columbia played for the 4A state championship last year. And those are the two teams that are looking up at Middleton in the standings. I mean, look, look at this right here. BK beat Middleton 10 nothing, and then lost to Middleton by a run 4-3 to back on April 13th. Middleton has barely gotten by Columbia in both of their matchups this year by identical 3-2 to scores. And then BK beat Columbia 5-3 to and then lost to the Wildcats 1-0 to on April 19th. It's kind of a free-for-all with, with these three teams at the top. Well, it really is. And then you've got a fourth team I want to throw in there, Ridgeview. Ridgeview right now is 14 and four overall, 10 and three in league. So Ridgeview is right there as well because you've got Milton, BK, and Ridgeview all with 10 wins in league play. And uh, we record this, as we always say, on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Tuesday night of this week at seven o'clock, Ridgeview plays at Middleton. So you got 10 and one Middleton hosting 10 and three Ridgeview on Tuesday night at seven o'clock. So yeah, a lot of things could happen. Then you throw in, like you mentioned, Columbia and BK in there. And uh, wow, it's a four-team race is what it really is. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And, uh, you know, really, you got to believe one of those four teams is going to come out of there, the district champion. And it, you, you almost have to believe uh, with a night, you know, because Middleton and BK both have 19 overall wins. Those are the teams that have been dominating. Those are the teams that have been going back and forth. So, I got to believe it's going to come down to a BK Middleton district title game. But hey, you know what? This is what we're talking about. Surprise, surprise, surprise. That's right. And uh, you're right. You know, Ridgeview is right there in the conversation as well. Um, they have played Columbia a couple of times this year already and um, lost 12 to 4. And then they beat Columbia 6 to 1. So even amongst, yeah, with Ridgeview, they, they've split with Columbia as well, right? Yeah, it's just, it's just what I'm what you're talking about. It's like one day, one game, anywhere, you know, uh, you never know what's going to happen. And so when you get to district play, who knows what's going to happen. So it's it, it's, it's going to be a fun 4A district tournament coming up. 
Yeah, I know last year Middleton went into districts as kind of one of the favorites and uh, didn't didn't make it out of districts. And so um, I know Middleton in particular will be very motivated this time around once we get to the postseason. But as you mentioned, uh, still some regular season stuff to sort out. Most of the teams in the league still have two conference games left. You know, of every conference across the state of Idaho, the 4ASIC always starts their postseason the latest. I feel like it's like the last possible day to get in a, a window of district games in a timely manner. And so um, stay tuned, uh, continue to check the standings at idahosports.com, but we still got a long ways to go before we figure out where everybody slots in. So Yeah. And before we forget, we didn't talk about Valley view, but uh, kudos uh, going out to Zach Garner from Valley view. He no hit Napa five, nothing the other day last week. So uh, no hitters don't come easily. And uh, so congratulations to him. That's pretty cool. Plus, he had a two-run double to get the uh, offense going. So Zach Garner doing it both on the mound and at the plate. Yeah, how much do you think that helps? Uh, Obviously, he got off to a great start uh, pitching, but then the early two-run double, uh, does that carry over then to even motivate him more on the pitcher's mound? You know, I think it gives you great confidence. You feel good. You say, hey, I, maybe I got my A game with me today, you know, and you just feel like you go for it. And then you got to stop thinking about the no hit because a no hitter is one of those things where you, you have no control over it. You just, you're trying to go location, 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 make them swing at stuff, keep it on the ground, and hopefully your guys will pick it up. But, you know, even a grounder can get through sometimes. So you can't worry about the no hitter. But yeah, I think when you come out there slugging, and obviously Zach Garner is an athlete because when you can stroke a two-run double to get things going, you got some athletic ability, and uh, then you can finish it off with a no-hit. So a pretty good day for him, a day I'm sure he'll think about for a long time, you know, whether his career continues at the college level or not. He'll be going, hey, remember that day I no-hit those Napa Bulldogs? Definitely. And yeah, uh, you mentioned location, location, location. Garner had it going, nine strikeouts yeah, in, in a no-hitter too, so. <laughs> Well, it's all about it. You know, I was, I was watching something the other day was talking about uh, just a changeup. And a changeup is all about location. And they were saying that basically when you throw a changeup, you're trying to hit the plate. In other words, you just want it to drop right on the plate. So you, all you're doing is you're throwing with the same motion that you would your fastball. It's just the way you hold the ball allows it to not have as much velocity. And it just drops right there at the plate. And, of course, now you're thinking it's going to come in at 85 miles an hour. And it comes in at 65 and you swing four days early. So that's what you want. And so obviously Garner had the location going that day and he had them all full. Those nice strikeouts tell a story. Definitely. Well, let's take a look at what's going on in the five ASIC for baseball, your regular season champions, not Timberline, not Rocky mountain. It's the mountain view Mavericks 15 and one record in the conference this spring, 19 and three overall. Um, they, you know, it was hard earned, right? They, they had a, a pair of narrow victories last week over a Waihe three, nothing and Centennial five to four, but the good teams win the games they're supposed to and win the tight ones. And so congratulations in order for, uh, the Mavericks of mountain view. Well, I think when you get into conference play, Brandon, and you only have one loss. That's that's pretty impressive right there. You know, Rocky Mountain Timberline are both 13 and three in league play. But when you're got that one loss, you're 19 and three overall. Uh, I mean, that's pretty impressive. They've got things going. But a couple of teams I want you to watch when district play comes up, Skyview and Owyhee. Uh, they're teams that have been, you know, they're not the strongest teams, but they're the teams that can cause maybe the most trouble for the Rockies, the Timberlines, and the Mountain Views right now. But those three, those are the big trifecta right there, uh, led by Timberline, 
with that uh, regular season championship. But, man, I'll tell you what, uh, Rocky's got 20 wins on the year, and that's pretty impressive indeed. So watch out for that. Yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty impressive to watch. Now, we should mention that Rocky Mountain did beat Mountain View way back in the season opener 3-2, to two, but that didn't count in the conference standings. So right, right, right. Uh, Mountain View won the matchup that, that counted five to three back on April 15th, but, but up and down tight wins two to one over Skyview. As you mentioned, Skyview is a very young team and they are looking to emerge uh, and get to state possibly, you know, who did Mountain View's loan loss come to? Well, it wasn't, let's see, let's just go in order in the standings. It wasn't Rocky mountain. Wasn't Timberline. Wasn't Skyview. Wasn't Hawaii all the way down in sixth place. It was to the Bora lions of all teams. They lost five, nothing to Bora. Go figure. Yeah. Well, you know, like Bora's always got Bora's got great athletes. You know, that's the thing about the SIC baseball. Uh, on any day, as we just mentioned, something can happen. So that's why it's interesting in district. You've got to stay focused. You've got to be looking at it. You mentioned Middleton didn't get it done in the 4A district last year. They got to get it done this year if they want to be there. But uh, you know, 5A, you're talking about it. These three to two games, five to three games. We're not talking 15 to one games. You know, we're talking close encounters. And you better be on your A game when you get out there at district or you're going to find yourself battling through the loser's bracket. Definitely. And so uh, there, there's a clear divide. There's there's kind of a top six yeah. and, and a bottom six. And so uh, that, that district tournament is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, you know, I my dark horse, it's not really a dark horse, but the team I'm keeping an eye on still is Timberline, the defending 5A state champions from a year ago. Um, they they have some good players, and I, I think Timberline's in a in a pretty good position as well. But man, it's going to be a fun race down the stretch. Yeah, Brandon, they've got tremendous tradition at Timberline. That's one thing. I mean, Rocky, yes, but the Timberline's been one of those schools been around for a lot longer than people think. I remember when it was a junior high school, it turned it into a high school, and you know, it was a long, long, long time ago. And they have been good at baseball for a long time. It's a tradition there. When you grow up in the Timberline district, you want to play baseball there. And so, yeah, you're right. I agree. The dark horse will be Timberline. And I don't even call them a dark horse. They're kind of a light dark horse because, I mean, they're they're 18 and three overall. That's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. And, you know, this kind of goes underreported sometimes. But, you know, when you look at the school enrollments in the state of Idaho, Timberline has the largest school enrollment of any school in the entire state. They are the biggest school. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And, And that... You know, everybody thinks so much in that football basketball prism and, and Timberline and football has struggled um, over the past couple of years, but they are pretty solid across the board in every other sport. They, they cleaned up in soccer this year. Yeah, uh, they were they won the girls basketball state title. Right. Uh, yep. Baseball and softball are both awesome uh, programs as well. So, you know, Timberline does really well. Uh, across the board in athletics, but you know, because we're so football driven sometimes, you know, we don't think about Timberline always. As yeah, they're, you're right. They're, they're very good, like you say, across the board in all sports. They've been great in soccer forever, baseball forever, you know, and like football this year, they were really right there. They, they gave a lot of people a good tussle. So, yeah, uh, they're not a dark horse. I mean, there are dark horse for this purpose of this podcast, but they are. They're on the lighter side of dark. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so let's let's talk about softball now, where there just there isn't as much drama uh, in in those quote unquote pennant races um, in softball. Uh, Skyview at the five A level, Bishop Kelly at the four A level have been the best teams all year long, and 
and they both clinched regular season titles. I mean, Skyview is still undefeated. They're 22 and 0 overall, 16 and 0 in the conference. Is it? It's kind of like volleyball when we talked about Skyview. Is anybody going to be able to beat these guys or these gals? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, their team batting averages, I don't know what it is today. I know what it was last week at a certain time, but their team batting average is 336. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that's smoking. There's nobody, you know, there's no easy out in the lineup. So that's something else. Like you say, they're 16-0 and 0 in league play, and they are right there. I mean, Timberline, again, you, you talked about a moment ago, Timberline being good across the board. There's 11-4. and four. So they're right there, uh, you know, with Skyview. But Skyview has just gotten it done. I mean, when you're 22 and 0, and you bring your game every day, and you mentioned uh, that loss that Mountain View had, that to Bora, right? You know, kind of a surprise loss. Skyview hasn't let that happen in softball. They've not sat there and let somebody come up and surprise them, and you know, come into the game going, "Oh, we'll get this one." They're in sixth place right now. We'll beat them and then get beat. They haven't let that happen, and that's a testament to you know that focus that they have right now. Yeah, and when you look at this Skyview lineup up and down, I mean, they've got thumpers every which way. Um, you know, I think I think of Delane Keith right away. She is the reigning Gatorade Player of the Year for yeah. Idaho softball, and if she doesn't win it again, I mean, something an injustice has been done because look at these stats for Delaney Keith: a six thirty-eight batting average, Wayne. She's batting almost set, you know, six fifty. Yeah, she's up here, but the rest of the team is right there with her, you know, trying to help her out. And, and she's hit eight home runs on the season, which is really good. Tied for second on the team with Lily Justison. Uh, Annalisa Zamora leads the way with nine home runs for Skyview this year. So I just, I just don't see anybody that's going to be able to really contain Skyview. And it was interesting where last year Skyview had to kind of emerge from the middle of the SIC pack to win state. This year they're coming in as the overwhelming favorite and, they say, give us your best shot. Yeah, they're a juggernaut. I think the only thing they have to be aware of is, is you know, they ha- they cannot afford a letdown at any point because everybody, when you get to be that good and you're 22 and 0, everybody is gunning for you. You know, if you're a team that they say, well, it doesn't have a chance at district. Yeah, but we're playing Skyview. We have a chance because we're playing them to beat them. And that's what we're going to do today. So everybody's going to be gunning for you. You've just got to maintain that mentality and focus and you'll be okay. Yeah, Skyview 4-0 and in one-run games this year, which has served them well. They have one-run victories over Capital, which is a really good yep. young team. Owyhee, which is a good young team. 11-5 right now, yeah. Yeah, Eagle. They have a one-run win over Eagle. And way back in the season opener, the two best teams in the Treasure Valley met. It was Bishop Kelly at Skyview, and Skyview won that game 13-12. to What a fun game that was. Oh, yeah, what a great one. And that's the thing. You know, you're undefeated, but you had those four one-run games, and you won them. I mean, so even in the close games, they know how to finish, and they've been able to get it done. And you can say a lot about, well, they got lucky, or this happened, or that happened. The ball rolled the right way for them, or whatever. But you know what? When you finish it, you're 22-0. That speaks volumes of what they've been able to do this year. Definitely. And let's let's roll on to, to Bishop Kelly, because they've been just as dominant at the 4A level, you know, people will look at the service that we've talked about this week and we got, oh, 17 and four overall, you know, that's, that's okay. Well, you know, they went to Orlando, Florida and played in a really tough, you know, tournament against, you mm-hmm. know, out of state competition. They had three losses there. Their fourth loss was to Skyview. I mean, otherwise, you know, they're, they're breezing. I mean, 13 and 0 
in the SIC. They are going to be the number one seed at districts. We know that. And, you know, their stats are just as gaudy as Skyview's. Yeah, I agree. I agree. When you go to Florida and you lose three games, that's not losing games. That's learning. You know, you're not losing, you're learning. Uh, when you're going down to Florida and playing teams like that that play year round. And when you're 13 and 0 in league right now, and Emmett, how about Emmett? They're right there at 10 and 3. Uh, Valley View with a 9 and 4 record. Middleton, you know, kind of off a little bit on their game this year in softball, 7 and 5. But still, you know, that Middleton, BK, Emmett trifecta of, you know, challenge, if you will. Uh, that's going to be interesting when they get the district. But you're right. BK is right there. But don't count out the Emmett Huskies. They, they, they could surprise some folks. Yes, I agree. Emmett's been a really nice season, uh, a nice story this year in the softball season. Bishop Kelly as a team, uh, they've got some thump, Wayne. As a team, they've hit 49 home runs this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's phenomenal. Yeah. That's wild. Casey Jolly leads the way, 13 home runs on the year, a 585 average. Maybe she'll challenge Delaney Keith for that Gatorade Player of the Year honor, but man, it's... I really have a lot of respect for these softball players because have you ever tried, have you ever gone up against a softball pitcher, a really good pitcher that really can wing it in there? I mean, they can make you look silly. I mean, I know they made me look silly. And, of course, it was only a one-time thing. So, you know, if you do it day in and day out, you start getting to figure it out. But, man, that one time I had to do it, and they kind of threw me a, a high riser. You know, it's like it was way up here, and I'm swinging way down here. And then they threw me a change up, and I was like two days early and all that kind of stuff. So it's it, it's crazy stuff, man. And I got I got for if you tell me somebody's hitting 13 home runs as a team, 49, I'm going, man, like you said, there's some thumpers right there. Yeah, no doubt. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on, uh, you know, next week we'll probably be able to, you know, break down what's going on district tournament wise for five, eight, four, eight softball. So. All right. Uh, you're like me, Wayne. It's kind of a habit for me. Every week I check in on the statewide track and field leaderboard <laughs> just to, just to see how everybody's doing. And you know, the names, you know, in the five, eight, four, eight that we saw at the start of the year are still the names that are kind of at the top of that track and field leaderboard. Well, we only got a couple of meets left. I know there's a Gary Gorell meet coming up this week for the 5A, and then they pretty much don't have anything until they get into their district, you know, championships for the varsity. I think it's May 12th, something like that. And then, of course, May 20th, they start, you know, the state track and field. So we're not that far away from that, but you're right. I mean, the names haven't changed, and you still got the Liam Murrays out of Boise leading in the 400 meters and things like that. Tyler Sainsbury in the 1600 meter for the guys. You know, what I really wanted to get into was the fact that how about the relay teams in the Treasure Valley? They dominate. These are statewide fastest marks, okay? And, I mean, Boise, Rocky Mountain, Boise uh, dominate in the men's side. And on the women's side, pretty much it's Boise, again, just seemingly to dominate things. Timberline is also in there with some fast runners. But uh, the relays belong to Treasure Valley teams right now, 5A brand. They are rocking and moving. Yeah, and it's always fun to see um, now because they're competing against the field, of course, but these leaders are also competing for the state record, right? Yeah. State record can only be set at the state meet, so that's always Yeah, that's always been funny for me that you can only do it in the state meet, you know, because it's one of those things you can set a world record anywhere sometimes, but state meet records are there. So, yeah, you got to have – you got to be at your best at state, but sometimes, you know, you know how it is. One night you're just on your game and you just go crazy. Like we talked about Zach Gardner. He had the two run double and a no hitter. What a night he'll remember. Uh, but it wouldn't have counted had it not been, you know, 
if it had been a state record, it would have only counted had it happened in state. So it's kind of goofy, but you know what? That's the way it is. It's been that way forever, and they accept it, and, we'll, and it'll be fun to watch them go after it. So be definitely. Yep. All right. Well, uh, before we wrap up the show, we do want to go to one out of season sport right now. And I say out of season in terms of I Idaho high school competition, but uh, these wrestlers, you know, the really solid, dedicated ones, they're they're competing all year round. It seems like Wayne, they hit the summer circuit, spring circuit. And uh, m- pretty recently we had the uh, the U.S. Open in Las Vegas and a lot of great Idaho wrestlers did outstanding. Um, Al Fontes, our, our wrestling correspondent, had a nice recap of all of the great um, individuals that performed there. That's on our, our site, idahosports.com. But one wrestler in particular caught your eye, Wayne. Yeah, I read that, by the way, about that article there. And I think there were like 17 Idaho wrestlers that really did well in that thing and that really received recognition. But uh, Aiden Ateo out of Bora, who is a heavyweight for the Bora Lions, he won the U.S. Open Greco National Championship and by doing so made the USA team for the Pan American Games coming up in Mexico. I mean, what an honor. I mean, what what a stud that he get that done. You know, I mean, that's unbelievable. And uh, uh, so, I mean, and, you know, it's like all things. Once you get into a sport, whether it's soccer, wrestling, football, it seems like any more to your round. There are not many. There are some double sports people that you see very less three sport people. I mean, remember when I was in high school, guys would play football, they play basketball, and then they play baseball or something like that, you know, or they run track and field or something. But anymore, everybody's kind of just narrowed it all down to one. And Mateo, he is kind of a wrestler, and he won that U.S. Open Championship, Greco National Championship, and now he's on the uh, Pan American team. So congratulations to him. That's a huge honor. We just wanted to mention and throw it out there. And that's on the heels of Team Idaho winning the Greco uh, or, or the Freestyle National Championship freestyle, as well. Yeah. They, they won the entire yeah. national. And yeah. uh, then the so next big event. Freestyle doesn't matter. We're good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. The next big event is in the summer. It's in June, the Fargo Nationals up in North Dakota. And again, Team Idaho, I think it's just going to, going to dominate in, in i'd rather i'd rather go to mexico than fargo though i'm, I'm sorry i said so I'll, I'll stick with greco rather than freestyle if i gotta go to fargo <laughs> if you it, you know if you're gonna go to fargo it's better to go in the summer than the winter yeah I'll tell you that. absolutely I'll, <laughs> I'll guarantee that july or august is much better in fargo than january i guarantee it for sure. Well, uh, you know, speaking of summer, things are starting to heat up as we get towards the end of the spring sports calendar. Uh, Wayne, the finish line is in sight. Next week, we're going to start talking district tournament action postseason, and then we'll have our big state baseball preview uh, like we did for, for basketball. You know, we'll bring out all the broadcasters and break down the brackets, and oh, man, it's going to be a fun couple of weeks. Well, that, we're going to have them all on, you know, video, so it's all going to be fun. We're going to be watching them, so it'll be a uh, fun to watch all the state baseball tournaments right here on idahosports.com. It'll be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, one of my favorite yearly traditions that we do at idahosports.com. Uh, every pitch of every state tournament for baseball live on idahosports.com. Well, I got my popcorn to cooking. I'm ready to rock and roll. So. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Well, uh, Wayne, thanks for uh, doing this as always. Uh, enjoy that sunshine, but not too much. All right. I'm going to try, man. I tell you what, we had a lot of snow. Yeah, you getting snow over there? It snowed this. It snowed this morning. I know. I know. We got a bunch of it. It just filled up the hills and uh, great stuff because they just told me today that we're at about 95% of normal for this time of the year, which made up for a lot of the problems we had all winter long. So, hey, kudos to Mother Nature. She's doing a good job getting us back on track. 
Definitely. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to another edition of the SIC PrepCast. We'll see you back here next week. Uh, for Wayne DeZubak, I'm Brandon Maney. Thanks for tuning in on IdahoSports.com.